Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Zach Barnett, footballscoop.com. Joins Craig Smoke. I'm David Smoke on 365 Sports. Zach, we'll get into some of the coaching thoughts, news, et cetera, extensions. But what was your thought? And Florida State has now begun that board meeting. Uh, maybe saber rattling, pumping their chest, maybe giving somebody the authority to make a decision. Your thoughts about that? Yeah, I don't believe this is saber rattling. I, I think um, they, they've rattled their saber plenty <laughs> already, and I think the ACC has, has done what it can to placate the Knowles with their success initiative that they announced over the spring. Uh, but I mean, there's. It's not like there there's money in the ACC that they're holding from Florida State. I think I think the ACC is prepared to pay Florida State everything they can afford while also uh, fulfilling its obligations to the other schools. So I, I do believe Florida State is uh, looking to, to get out of the ACC by any means necessary, and where it goes from there is is anybody's guess. Um, I, I think at this point uh, they'd be willing to to join the Big Ten and even the Big 12 if, if the SEC and Big Ten don't make offers. And you know, does that make sense on a balance sheet? You know, I, I doubt it. But at this point, I don't think Florida State really cares. Zach, uh, how surprised or not surprised, I guess, are you that we are where we are already? Just how quickly things have seemed to move these last couple of years ever since Texas and Oklahoma's uh, you know, uh, I guess decision to join the SEC got unveiled a little bit earlier than, than it was supposed to, and just everything seems like it hasn't really stopped in college sports since then. But uh, is this the, the step towards the power two that everybody speculates and, and worries or talks about? Or how do you just kind of see where we are right now in, in the college football game and landscape? I mean, I think we're – I think if we're going to take a 30,000-foot view, I think we're in a revolutionary period in college sports. And – I think if you were to look back at this time we're living in now, you know, 30, 40 years from today, I, I think we'll view this as the period when college sports became, went from a, a professional enterprise for everyone but the players to a, a fully professional uh, franchise where players are paid and perhaps, you know, colleges even, you know, license their, their, their brand, their name, image, likeness, their facilities to a professional uh, football enterprise that happens to use Florida State's name, but the, the players don't even go to class. Uh, and we have a full-on minor league system. Um, I, I think that that last example is probably the most extreme, but I have seen people smarter than me throw that out there. But yeah, I, I think we're in a period where we're kind of in the growing pains in between what college sports used to be and what college sports is going to be moving forward. And, you know, we're talking, you know, I, I think we're, we're getting closer by the day to where players, you know, schools can pay their players, and there's a, some sort of collective bargaining agreement that binds 
players to their schools and doesn't allow them to transfer until, you know, a certain, you know, their sophomore year or something like that. And um, the, the decisions we make where Cal and Stanford are in the ACC and you know, Florida State might be in the Big 12, you know, who knows? Uh, I think we're, we're in, in the growing pains of everything sorting itself out to where we're going to be moving forward. How much past or to that point that you said could be what we look at in 20 or 30 years is almost to a point where the game itself, because college football I'm not trying to get get off my lawn, but how much more past where we are now uh, into contracts or whatever you're mentioning is going to hurt the sport, or are they ever possibly hurt? Like the NFL, no matter what they do, no matter what they do, suspending people or go after people or wins or losses or drama or scandals, they're unbeaten. Is college football that way too? You know, I I don't want to whistle past the graveyard here, and I, I – I'm certain there is a tipping point out there. And when so many people, you know, you see say, you know, I'm done with college sports. It's not what it used to be. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of an, an, an Oregon state fan who, you know, their, their program has been full on relegated to the minor leagues. Um, yeah. You have to take those, those people seriously, but at the same time, it, it feels like, every single off season now and now we're not even really in the off season but it, it just seems like for the last three four years from january to august it's just absolute chaos and the sport's telling tearing itself apart from the inside and you know college sport it says we knew it is gone and then the games get here and nobody cares about that stuff mm-hmm. and the the game is still great and it it still feels like the college football that we all know and love and no one really cares about that stuff so um, as, as long as that happens, I, I think we're fine. And I think, I think the you know, people did this with the transfer portal in NIL. And I think while you can certainly point to individual examples of a, a school or a player being hurt, I think in the long run, the transfer portal and NIL have been really good for college football. It's keeping players that otherwise wouldn't be in college football, it's keeping them in the game. It's allowing more talented players, that the talent to spread out, and more talented players to see the field. So I, I think we have to be – I think we have to keep both options in mind. Yeah, this certainly could make college sports worse, but it could also make it better. Mm-hmm. Zach, uh, we had this just convergence of events here right before Christmas uh, with this board meeting kind of being the cherry on top, but you had bowl games and national signing day and transfer portal. From coaches that you talked to, I mean, a lot of them have voiced their frustrations in, in various parts of, of the things that I just mentioned, but especially just looking back on this last week or two, uh, what's kind of the general feeling you get in terms of just exasperation or just thoughts in general about sort of the calendar and where we are? And is there any hope that uh, this thing can kind of clear up a little bit, or do you expect it's always just going to kind of be a constant logjam sort of like it's turned into? Yeah, I mean, I – I don't think any. I don't think there's any coach out there that would tell you that they love the calendar where it's at. You know, it, it's madness. It's. I, I mean, I. I sympathize with these guys because I. I truly don't know. Like this past week, uh, when you got coaches recruiting the portal or securing their class, uh, bowl game preparations going on. I. I don't know how these guys manage manage to stay married, um, but at the same time, you ask these guys to go on record. And so far, it seems like only Chip Kelly's willing to do so. So, um, and, and in regards to fixing the calendar, as long as college football remains tethered to college, well, 
for a guy to earn a, a spot on his new team, he's going to have to participate in spring practice. And to participate in spring practice, you have to be enrolled in the spring semester, which means you have to be enrolled by January. And so um, you, know, you got to make a decision in December uh, for the most part. So in the meantime, I think it's only going to get worse. Uh, I think this, this weekend, you know, starting today, Next year, we'll have playoff games starting, and the guys are still going to have to make decisions and, and leave. And um, next year, the national championship game is like on January 20th or something like that. And we're going to have two teams, whoever's in that, are probably going to lose players that would play in that game because they want to go start somewhere else. So it's a it, it's crazy. It's a system that no one would design uh, from scratch if they could. But it's just a series of, of different competing interests that, that led us here. And I, unless you were to fully remove college football from the academic system, which again could happen down the road, but until then, I don't see any fixing it. Yeah. By the way, a couple of quotes from out of the board of regents meeting. One of them is, uh, uh, this is from, where did I go here? This is from the Florida state board chair, Peter Collins. Today we've reached a crossroads in our relationship with the ACC. I believe this board is left with no choice, but to challenge the grant of rights, and Florida State has done the math and basically said it's draconian. It would be $572 million to get out of their current grant of rights. Yeah, and so uh, (laughs) it's just the the reason Florida State signed that grant of rights and the ACC did is because they wanted – ESPN to fund a network for them. And that, you know, if they had ACC network, that would solve all their problems. And so the, if you're going to ask ESPN to invest that level of capital, then it, they would need some commitment on their end that, that the ACC they're investing in will, would remain intact. And now uh, Florida State is, is turning around and, and blaming ESPN for all of its problems because of what Kirk Herbstreit said. Um, that there, I think it's basically fact within Florida State circles that ESPN decided to kick Florida State out and put Alabama in, uh, even though uh, ESPN is just as invested in Florida State football as they are in Alabama. Um, does any of that make sense? No. Does it matter? Uh, definitely not. There are other stories going on, although a lot of attention right now, obviously, on Tallahassee. But uh, G.J. Kenney getting a contract extension after just uh, one year at uh, Texas State. Your thoughts on the decision in San Marcos to try to make it, I guess, more difficult for teams that are uh, undoubtedly going to start pursuing him here in the future, uh, Zach. Uh, and, and also thoughts on just what he was able to do in year number one for the Bobcats. Yeah, I mean, I, I've written on GJ plenty over the years. Um, you know, spoken to him, spoken to people who know him well. Uh, his success does not surprise me. Um, but you know, if you were to look at his path, I think he's been—I think he's been at a different job every single year since 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that. Like it's just been uh, uh, stepping up the ladder. You know, he, he's had 20 years of progress comp- com- compressed into like seven years. And I mean, I think it's all deserved. Every every job he's gotten, he's done a good job and, and earned that promotion. And so that it, it had to stop at some point. And I, I definitely think it's good for him, you know, as he prepares to level up to a, a power four job. I guess is the new term. Um, it's definitely good for him to sit and, and stay a while and prove that he can sustain his success. And it, the interesting thing about it is that you know, Jake Spavital, his predecessor at Texas State 
was one of the first coaches to, to fully invest in the portal. And I think had a class where they didn't even sign a single high school kid and just went full portal. And that, that blew up in his face and got him fired. And, you know, GJ has, has definitely made an effort to uh, show face, as they say, for Texas State staff with Texas high schools. And, you know, he hosted the, the staff at the Texas High School Coaches Association, which is, as you guys know, located in San Marcos. Um, but at the same time, he, he's done really well in the portal as well. You can't turn around at Texas State as quickly as you have without investing in the portal. So I, I think he's done a good job of, of managing both, which you have to do these days. And um, I think he'll be a big-time head coach sooner or later. You know, uh, my question is this, and I know what, for example, UTSA is doing with Jeff Trailer, and what a great job and a nice ball win their first ever. But these schools that know that they're almost a breeding ground, and I'm not being disrespectful. I mean, schools even in the Power Five have that feeling too when they have somebody that's successful. Uh, what do you think is the percentage of how many schools bet against themselves when they don't need to with a contract extension? Oh, I, I think it's a lot, and I, I don't think that it's it's limited to the the quote unquote breeding ground schools. Um, within my family, we we have a lot of North Texas grads, so we have this conversation, you know, amongst ourselves all the time because you know, a, a lot of my family members would like to see. You know, North Texas hires someone who's going to stick around for mm-hmm. a long time. And you know, my caution always then is kind of just be careful what you wish for. Uh, because if, if someone comes to hire your guy away, it, it means he's done well. You know, a Big 12 school is not going to hire a coach from Texas State or North Texas who's, who's not winning. So it, I think it's, it's, it's a good sign if you're one of those schools that you have to constantly be worrying about, are we going to lose our coach? Or we, ultimately, that's where you want to be. Because otherwise, if you're if you're North Texas, UTSA, Texas State, and you're not worried about a, a Baylor taking your head coach, it means you're not winning enough. So I, I think it's you got to just kind of accept the reality of where you are. And maybe there's a coach out there who's an alum of your school, although UTSA's football is so young that they they don't have that guy. But maybe there's that that uh, golden goose candidate whose whose dream job is your job. And if so. You know, definitely great. Uh, reward him accordingly. But I think if you're an AD at one of those schools, you just got to kind of be be aware that you're constantly going to have to uh, ward off uh, ward off the the vultures, and at the same time keep a list of, of of replacements for when your guy eventually leaves. If you don't mind, Zach, one question on you mentioned uh, Spavital, who's now on the staff at. Uh, Baylor with Dave Aranda, you and I traded a few texts because, I mean, it was really not known what the final decision would be, but the decision was that Aranda stays and he brings on Spavital, among others. There's been coaching changes. Sean Bell headed to Houston. How do you feel like Aranda has done since what is a not new lease on life, but giving that opportunity to have a chance to turn this thing around? Yeah, I mean, I think um, in – I, I think what, what Dave Aranda did it, from 2020 to 2021 was, was one of the most impressive coaching jobs uh, of this decade. And I, I don't say that lightly. It So quickly identifying, you know, he came out, hired Larry Fedora as his initial OC, quickly realized that it wasn't working, which um, is not so difficult to do. But then identified, all right, here's what we need to do. Here's what would work. And here's the guy who can come in and do it. And the, the, 
led to, you know, in my opinion, the best season in Baylor history, winning the, the Big 12 the Sugar Bowl in 2021. And so obviously the hope is uh, if, he, if he did that once, he could do it again. Um, and if you're Dave Aranda, I mean, th- he's now on his third offensive coordinator, and he probably won't get a fourth no. offensive coordinator job or fourth offensive coordinator hire, excuse me. So this one needs to hit or there, there's going to be change in Waco. There, that's just that's just the reality of it. This has been a Rogue Media Network production. Wait.